You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 97. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Today's guest is James Brazel. James is a full-time shearer and a very skilled photographer based in Australia and Lexton, Victoria. I look very much forward to talking to you today, James. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Well, I would like to start our interview by you giving a little bit more of an introduction about yourself and what you're doing in the wool industry. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm 23 years old. Um, I started working in the wool sheds uh, straight after high school when I was uh, 17, 18 years old. Um, I started working as a rouseabout, um, just working around uh, shearing sheds in Victoria and um, occasionally in New South Wales, um, working as a shed hand, picking up fleeces in the wool sheds. And then um, I eventually picked up a camera and started taking photos and I um, set up a bit of a photography business uh, also, yeah. So a rouseabout, what does that exactly mean? Do you do that? Um, so a rouseabout is, uh, uh, they just, uh, how do I explain what a rouseabout is? Uh, basically just uh, um, in their shearing sheds, when a sheep is shorn, they'll pick up the uh, fleece after it's been shorn and uh, they'll throw it on a wool table. They'll sweep the locks off the floor, um, and the locks being the um, excess wool left over after um, a sheep has been shorn. Um, they'll pin sheep up, make sure there's enough sheep for the shearers in their pens, and um, yeah, just all the odd jobs that they're doing in the in a wool shed. Okay, so to ensure that the shearers can do their work and that the wool gets ready for shipment to to the auction. That's right. Yeah, just um, it just uh, they just keep keep the keep the day moving, keep everything flowing. Yeah. Yeah, and now you work as a shearer. I do. Yeah, mm. I worked as a rouse about uh, for about two years, and then um, and then I started learning how to shear. Um, after about yeah a couple of years, I sort of picked up a handpiece and I started to learn how to shear properly. And um, For about the last three or four years, I've been shearing full-time now, yeah. Okay. And what made you decide to go into the shearing sheds after high school? Um, well, while I was in high school, I had a lot of friends that were involved uh, in the shearing industry. Um, when I was in year 11 and 12, I was doing an agric agriculture course as part of my final um, couple of years of high school, and we did a little bit of work in wool sheds, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I got in contact with the shearing contractor and um, as soon as high school finished, I ended up working for them for two or three years. Excellent. Okay. And yeah, I've actually never talked to Shearer on this show before, so it's a real honor to, to have you on the other side of the microphone. Can you explain a little Hi. bit more um, about the work of a shearer? Um so a shearer is basically what the um, name says. We take the uh, fleece off a, off a sheep. We shear, shear the sheep. Um, we get paid per sheep. So the more sheep we shear in a day, the more we get paid. The current rate is about $3.10, I think. Um, but depending on where you shear, um, it might, you might get paid a little bit more. 
than what their rate is. Um, so yeah, basically we just go to everywhere, uh, go to work every day and um, take the wool off sheep. Um, yeah, that's that's the best way to say it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and what would like a typical year for you look like? Like, do you shear all year round, and how do you move from farm to farm, etc.? Um, yeah, so I, I shear um, within within about uh, half an hour um, to an hour, I suppose, um, uh, from home every day. <clears throat> Once upon a time, uh, you would have to travel interstate to, to work 12 months of a year, but um, as as the years have gone on, uh, smaller properties and um, and whatnot, uh, you can shear within uh, a close proximity to where you live. Um, in a lot more suburban uh, and regional areas now. So I'll work 12 months of the year uh, within about an hour of home. Um, yeah, once upon a time, you'd have to travel travel around Australia to follow the work to get the 12 months uh, work in. You'd have to start up in Queensland and head south or vice versa. But, um, yeah, nowadays you can generally work uh, around uh, – well, I can anyway where I live. Uh, yeah, uh, work fairly locally to, um, yeah, 12 months a year. That sounds really good. And how is it like organized? Do you work in a team, or how, how do you get the jobs actually? Um, yeah, so I do. Um, I organize uh, most of my own work with a few other local shearers and uh, rouseabouts and wool classes. Um, uh, we're we're all uh, like freelance, um, I suppose you call it, uh, freelance uh, workers. So we all work for ourselves. Um, we we all have. Uh, yeah, we all have jobs we go to, um, and we all know when they start and when they finish. So, um, if we ever need, um, if we ever need a, another shearer or another rest of it, we can just um, make a phone call and soon organise someone to get out there before uh, before the shed starts. But each year, um, every property we work at shear generally around the same time every year. So, we can generally uh, work out who's going to be working there before uh, shearing time starts. But um, a lot of a lot of shearing contractors, um, a lot of people still work for shearing contractors, and they will organise the work. But myself, yeah, I just I'm just uh, on, my, on my own. I just do my own work, and um, yeah, just organise with all all the other local shearers and rouseabouts um, uh, as to where where we're going to work. Yeah, we just work it out ourselves. Okay, and so you you actually are in contact with the wool grower himself, and you established uh, the relationship and the long-term continuity with him directly yeah yeah like i said uh each year uh, each property generally shears around the same time so it's quite easy to organize uh, a team to get out there at the same time every year you just start organizing a few months in advance and um yeah, everyone can sort of get out there generally around the same time and yeah mm-hmm Okay, and how long are you typically on the, on one property? Oh, it can vary. Um, you can be at a place for one day, or you can be there for one month. Um, once upon a time, a lot of uh, sheds would go for um, months at a time. But nowadays, uh, with smaller properties um, and you know our farms getting subdivided and whatnot, uh, you know uh, sharing can go for like I said. A, a day to a week um, to a month, but um, yeah, so, some of the big properties will still share for months of a time. Um, maybe not all in one go. Maybe a week or two at the start of the year. Six or eight months later, they'll share again. Um, 
but yeah, generally most of my work is within. Uh, yeah, I suppose most of my work they shear for up to two or three weeks at the most at one property, I suppose. Okay. And then you also have a lot of equipment. Is that provided by the wool grower or is that something you bring along? Um, some of it is. Um, the majority we bring along ourselves. Um, we bring our own hand pieces, our own combs, cutters. Um, the, the farmer will supply your shearing plant. Uh, which powers your handpiece, but um, that's about it. And, and, and the sheep in the pool shed too, I suppose. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. yeah, we, we bring everything else. Okay. Um, yeah. Including the dogs or the dogs part of the wood growers? Um, every, every farmer, I think, in Australia um, has, has their own dogs, uh, but a lot of uh, shearers and, and uh, rouseabouts will bring their own own dogs out to sheds i've got a dog myself i bring him out to sheds with me um and yeah a, a lot of people just see dogs as a interest and a hobby um so they'll they'll bring them out and train them up and um use them at work to get them going a bit and some people sell them off and it, it yeah like i said it's a bit of a hobby for some people to train dogs and sell them so yeah yeah most farmers are generally happy to if you if you bring your own dog out there but yeah if you go out to any property at one any one time during shearing there could be a dozen dogs out there sometimes yeah. <laughs> so your dog helps you with performing your job better oh yeah um i bring him with me to work every day i don't use him at work every day um but if i get a spare few minutes at uh lunch time or it's uh Uh, smoko on a break I'll, i'll give him a run out in the pens and try and train him up a bit yeah ah, okay so he doesn't get help with uh, bringing in or like, getting the sheep ready for shearing um oh the, the farmer will generally do that okay. uh, himself um but if yeah if, if a lunchtime or on a break during the day the, the sheep need to be brought forward or anything if um if i get a spare minute during the day i'll, I'll jump out and grab the dog and um, give him a hand penning up, yeah. <laughs> okay. And also you have some very interesting shoes, at least the traditional shoes for shearers. Can you describe them a little bit and also tell me what are the advantages of these shoes? Uh, yeah, so the, she the shoes we use while we're shearing, uh, they're called uh, moccasins. They're basically a pair of slippers. Um, uh, I don't even know what they're made of. Um, But yeah, they're, they're basically just light, light shoes that you can wear while you're shearing. Um, not everyone wears them. Um, some people shear in uh, runners or sneakers. Some people, um, I've seen shear in bare feet, but uh, the majority of people will shear in these shearing moccasins. And they're basically uh, worn just because they're light on your feet. And because you're on your feet all day, they're just, they're, um, they're practical because your legs don't get uh, worn out dragging around big heavy boots all day. When you're in and out of the pen. Okay, cool. I thought they also had some, like that they protect you or help you handle the sheep in a better way. I thought I heard something like that. Um. Uh, pro probably not. Oh well, pro probably protect your toes a little bit, I suppose. Um, if a if a sheep stand stands on you while you're um, dropping sheep in the pen to drag one out, they um, they protect your toes. But uh, it's more so that they're light on your feet, uh, in my experience anyway. They, um, they're, they're light work boots, yeah. Okay, cool. And what would be the training process to become a shearer? 
Um, yeah, so when I was starting, um, before I'd even really done much work in the shearing sheds, and even though I decided to become a shearer, I didn't know how to do it. Um, I did a two-week shearing school, which is basically two weeks of um, uh, working with instructors that will teach you how to shear um, every day for two weeks, pretty much um, in the in a wool shed. Um, so it's basically like you're at work in a shed, um, but you're getting instructed the whole time. So before I was um, working full time with the shearing contractor, I started. Uh, at a shearing school and I did a couple of weeks there and that was really good because I had no idea what I was doing before the shearing school and um, after it I uh, had a bit of an idea what to do but unfortunately shearing takes a long time to learn so uh, once I finished high school I had a little bit of an idea of what to do but I had to start reservating and um, I might take a belly off on the hour and uh, from from there um, I might uh, take the belly off and then learn to go in between the crutch and down the first leg, uh, and then yeah, just it just it just takes time. Like you can develop your skills at shearing schools. <laughs> Sorry, you can develop your skills at shearing schools, but you can also um, yeah, while while you're on the job working as a rouse vet or um, a, a, as a shed hand, you can uh, you can learn how to shear just by shearing a few on the hour while the shearer has a break or mm. um, shearing a few. Yeah. Get okay. a few, give get a few tips. It's not something you can learn overnight, though. Yeah, no, and I mean, it, yeah, you're handling a live animal, so you have to be really skilled um, to do so. And tell me also, That's right. yeah, yeah. And what I just can't get my head around is that you are pretty much bending down most of the time while you shear. How is yeah. that physically actually possible? Um, yeah, well, we, when you're first starting out, it's not real easy, let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, many a time when I first started, I was dry reaching, trying not to throw up uh, in the uh, in the out pens uh, from being in so much pain, but you just sort of got to push through it and you, you just sort of adjust to it, I suppose. Um, I'm by no means any great cheerer, that's for sure, but like I've, I feel like I've adjusted to a fairly good point. Uh, Where I can get to a get through a full day without hurting too much by the time I finish for the day, um, so it can you, definitely it can definitely hurt. Um, and by the time Friday comes around after working a full week, you definitely uh, you can definitely tell you've been working a full week, and you're definitely sore. But um, you, it, you just adjust to it. Yeah. So you have very strong back muscles, or. Um, I, I hope so. Otherwise, yeah. I have a very short career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they get stronger than the more you do it, I guess. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I use a harness, a shearing harness too, which um, supports your weight a bit while you bend down all day. Um, some people don't like them. Some people think they get in your way and don't build up your muscles in your back. But um, if I didn't use one, I'd be very, I'd be a very sore man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and tell me, this um, there's this particular way of how you actually handle the sheep and where you start so that and what i understand is that it's a way that is actually really like the tested to be the best for the sheep as well as the shearer so can you tell us a little bit about this um how you handle the sheep while you're shearing it is it called tally yeah um yeah. oh yeah uh, yeah that was i think originally the the method uh what it was called Uh, when they first developed the technique, um, you don't hear that so much now. But basically, like I said, you start on the um, you start shearing the belly off the sheep. Uh, you tuck the 
right leg uh, between your legs and you sit the sheep between your legs, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so you take the belly off and then you shear between the sheep's legs and then um, you shear the, uh, the sheep's uh, left back leg and then um, you take the top of the head, the wool off the, wool off the top of its head off and um, – you shear up its neck, and then as you're doing like this, you've got to move your feet, and there's a lot of um, little bits and pieces you've got to do in between. Um, it's like a dance, fairly uh, pretty much. You've just got to it's, – it's a technique like it, like a dance. You've just got to um, keep moving your feet around and uh, keep the sheep moving, and the more you keep the sheep moving, the um, yeah, the, the quicker the process is and the um, sheep won't kick and um, carry on as much. So the quicker you do it, the better it is for the shearer and the sheep. But, yeah, basically it's just – um, yeah, start on the belly, um, up the neck, and then you do the the long blow, which is uh, shearing over its back, and then back down the other side, um, down the other side of the neck, and it's uh, other side of its uh, back, and down the last leg, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of hard to say across the phone, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, there's a but, bit to it. <laughs> no, no, but I think what you're saying that it's kind of like a dance that you have these different steps that follow each other, and then. Yeah, it, yeah, that's right. Kind of, there's actually there's, there's more involved with what your feet do than what your hands do. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. There's more involved <laughs> with what your feet do yeah. to a degree than what uh, your hands do. Yeah. And what is the technique called then today if it's not tally high anymore? Oh well, I suppose it is. Um, it's just I don't know. You just you just don't really hear that. Okay, um, you don't use it. You just don't really hear that <laughs> so much anymore. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now I want to ask one question. Um, that like over the last few years, there's been a lot of criticism by NGOs who've been very concerned about the animal welfare of shearing. Um, what yep. is your response to to these concerns? Um. Yeah, well, you get these animal welfare groups like um, PETA, P-E-T-A, obviously people for the ethical treatment of animals and and they'll go and, um, you know, get their two minutes worth of footage and um, try and tarnish the whole industry with the same brush, um, saying that, you know, um, they've got this footage from, you know, the last 18 months from wool sheds all over the world and, and um, they've got footage of shearers hitting sheep and... Um, which is obviously, you know, terrible. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen, but obviously they've got um, footage of it happening. Um, yeah, look, that shouldn't go on. It shouldn't happen. But in saying that, it's not fair to criticise every shearer in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere in the world and say that um, this, this is what goes on in a shearing shed. It, it just doesn't. Like if, if, I, if I went to work today, for example, and belted sheep and the farmer saw it, I'd, I'd just be, I'd get the sack. I, I wouldn't be allowed to work there. Um, and the farmer doesn't want their sheep hurt. It's not profitable to them, so it's no good having a shearer that's going to hit sheep or, or carry on like that on the property. Um, the problem is with these animal rights groups is that they don't, they don't want um, farmers to, um, to farm animals full stop. It's the same with dairy industry, anything like that. They don't, they don't want farmers to farm animals at all they, they just want them to grow to grow feed and and, and crops and they, they you know the whole point is that they don't you don't need to um you don't need to eat animals to live from a lot of their point of views but it's very hard to find common ground with these groups because 
Um, they don't want there to be a sharing industry at all, um, and they're, they're quite happy to go and shut the whole industry down just for the sake of, you know, getting uh, um, a couple of minutes' worth of footage of shearers carrying on in the shed in a way they shouldn't be. And to say that it happens in every shed in Australia, it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. Like, yeah. if, if, that, if that went on everywhere, there would be, like, there would be people getting – getting sacked and fired from sheds everywhere because they were hitting sheep. It just doesn't go on like they think it does. Okay, cool. And one last question regarding the shearing sheds. So what actually is it that fascinates you so much about the shearing sheds um, and shearing? I think I think if you asked anyone this question, um, they would all say it's the people. Um, it's such a hard job uh, and it's a competitive job to some um but if it wasn't for the people that worked in the shearing sheds you wouldn't do it it's just you have an absolute ball working in the sheds it's so much fun it's um it can be such a hard job that you can spend the day just laughing your head off like there's so many people that don't take they take their job seriously but you can have a lot of fun in the um, process of doing it um just real characters um yeah real real characters um in the in the shearing industry, I think that's why a lot of people um, still still do such a hard job, and I think that is the major draw card is the people that are involved in the industry. Okay, and how long do, does it take you to shear one sheep? Um, it can depend on what sort of sheep you're shearing. It can take some people less than a minute to shear some sheep. If you're shearing a ram, it can take you ten minutes. Um, you generally, it's, so big. it's oh. you know. <laughs> that's right yeah yeah, okay. yeah. um generally ge- generally me it might take me three or four minutes i might shear like i said i'm, I'm no great shear i might only shear 100 120 a day um on most days um but like i work with some shearers that'll shear 200 every day and that three dollars ten ahead that that could be quite a good day's wage if you're shearing 200 sheep every day mm. <laughs> yeah that sounds like it well now let's move to your second career because as we said in the beginning you are also a very talented photographer and I actually found you because of your the images you post on Instagram um, so tell us a little oh, bit more you. about about your work as a photographer um, yeah so when I first started working in the wool sheds um, it was the start of summertime and it was really hot <laughs> Um, I was working away from home and yeah, I just, I didn't really like the work straight up. Um, however, at the time I was starting to work in the wool sheds, my still was starting a photography business up in Queensland, taking photos of, um, families, babies, um, um, yeah, all that sort of caper. And, um, yeah, I, I thought, well, that'd be a great idea for me to get myself a good camera and start taking some photos around uh, the wool sheds I'm working in. As um, yeah, d- just sort of see where it takes me. If I don't, if things didn't work out with uh, work in the wool sheds, I thought I might be able to learn how to become a photographer and um, yeah, and then start up a photography business. But uh, however, as time went on, I found that I enjoyed both uh, working in the wool sheds and taking photos. So yeah, I made a made a uh, Facebook page and then later on an Instagram page and then things just took off, yeah. I think I've got about 5,200 people following me on Facebook now and um, nearly 2,000 on Instagram. So, yeah, no, it's been a great little side business, yeah. <laughs> yes, and those people that are following you, 
what kind of comments and reactions do you get online? What? Um, yeah, people uh, seem to really respond well to the agriculture and farming photos. Um, I think it's because it's such a unique industry and it's not like it used to be. Like um, Once upon a time, every country town in Australia was full of shearers and um, everyone had had a go at some point in their life at shearing, whereas now um, – it's it's just not the industry it used to be, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, because of it, that, I think that makes it such a more unique industry now. When people see the photos of it, um, especially the older shearers that have been there and you know travelled around and shorn everywhere, they see my photos and they think, oh yeah, I've, I've shorn there years ago, and or um, a shearer's daughter will say it, oh yeah, my dad shore there, and it just yeah, it just um, brings back a lot of memories to some some people I think that have moved away to the city and. Um, or the people that have never even been out into a shearing shed. It's just an eye-opener for a lot of them, I think, yeah. Mm, yeah. That's what I would also think, that yeah, you probably attract people who are from the industry, but also people who have nothing to do and they, they get a glimpse into a whole different world. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah absolutely. And you also sell your images on, on big um, canvases and framed And you sell them at fairs. Who are then your typical buyers of your images or your photos? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, what I'll do is basically I'll just take a photo uh, at work and then I'll edit it and post it on my um, page um, that night uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And then if anyone happens to see that photo um, and they like it, um, you know, and they, they, they get in touch with me and they, they can just say, oh, I really like that photo you posted. Uh, can I get that? framed or whatever that's that's basically how it works um i've just set up a um a website it's still in the process of getting made it's nearly um it's nearly completed but um yeah people will then be able to have the um, option just to go through the website and click on the uh, all of my photos and pick a size to buy them in and um yeah it's it's yeah it's basically just the people i work with uh, the people that follow my page that are buying my photos yeah Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Now, um, what I find is that your pictures often tell like a, or you can just imagine that there must be this really beautiful story behind what you just uh, photographed. Can you maybe share one or two of your favorite stories of pictures that you have taken in the shearing sheds? Um, yeah, it's funny. It always seems like the photos I like the most uh, get responded to the least on Facebook. And then every time I, I, I post a photo and I think, oh, this is going to be no good, but I'll post it anyway, everyone seems to love it. So um, what, I, what I think are some of the better photos that I've taken and some of the better stories that have come out of my photos um, aren't necessarily the, uh, the ones that everyone else has uh, necessarily responded to the best on my page. Um, Some of the better photos, uh, some of the better stories. Yeah, last year I took a photo of uh, three Kelpies in a wool bin over at Skipton uh, in Victoria. And, yeah, they were just one of the shearer's dogs and he just had a new puppy out of the shed. And he, uh, he just he basically just put his dogs in the in the wool bin. And, um, yeah, we've got this great photo with uh, the dogs. That it, all, it all looked like all three dogs in the photo were smiling, sitting there in amongst the wool. Like it was just the perfect perfect timing to get that photo like it just worked so well um yeah and then I, i had that photo framed up at uh sheep venture last week and everyone everyone was just walking past and i kept pointing at that photo like oh look at the dogs it looks like they're smiling like it was just such a well-timed photo yeah it just worked out really well 
um, but yeah, like I said, every every photo I've taken, like you could tell a story about every one of them. There's there's always something going on in the shed, and um, it doesn't matter where you point the camera, you're gonna have a story to tell with every um, with every photo you take. I think. And what do your fellow shearers say that they are part of your photos? Um, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them are used to me walking around with a camera now. Um, sometimes when I go out to a shed and uh, and I've never been there before, they've never met me, the first thing they'll say is, oh, you're not an animal rights activist or anything like that, are you? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like once once yeah, people get to know you and they realise that, oh, like, I actually am a shearer and I work in the sheds full time, they're more than happy to have you. Um, they're more than happy to have you take, take their photo and they love seeing themselves here because very rarely anyone has the time uh, during the day to, to – to get that photo of them while they're working. Um, There's too much going on for anyone to stop and take a photo of them working. So for for someone to go into a shed and take the time to take a photo of them, um, I think they really appreciate it, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I've had the honor of being in a few shearing sheds and I've tried taking pictures, but I find it too oh, okay, difficult. Yeah. It's always quite dark and then, of course, the sheep, the dogs, the humans are all moving around so what's the tip to get a good picture in a shearing shed oh gee um i don't know it, it just seems to turn out for me <laughs> <laughs> um just i just sometimes i just click and hope for the best um some of the best photos i've taken sometimes i look i think oh this is going to be a really good photo and then i look back at what i've just taken i think oh that didn't turn out at all so <laughs> Um, sometimes, yeah, you've just got to click and hope that whatever you take the photo of turns out the best. Take a, take a lot of photos, I suppose, is uh, good advice because, um, like you said, it's very dark in a lot of sheds with um, a little bit of light coming through. Like you can get some great light in shearing sheds. There's no doubt about that. But um, it can it can be your best friend or it can, um, it can be your worst enemy too. Um, you've got to make sure that you use your light to your advantage, I think. Um, Uh, and just just try and um, try and get as much light in your images as you can because it can be a hard thing to do in the wool sheds. But when you do get it, it yeah, they come out beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the advantage that you are in the wool shed all day, so you have different light uh, lighting options, which most of us don't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. And I read. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I read on I think your Instagram or Facebook that you are planning a trip. Can you tell us a little bit more about the trip you're about to start on? Oh, yeah. It, it's just going to be a, a very brief uh, sort of a trip, but it'll just be um, going up through the River Rona heading up to Queensland. Um, I've got family up in Brisbane and the Gold Coast, um, and I was going to go and visit them because my brother lives up there and he's having a kid. Um, actually, tomorrow I think they're due to have their baby, um, and I was going to fly up when they had their um, baby and go and see them. I thought, well, I should drive my car up there and um, on the way I'll go and stop by a few shearing sheds and I'll go and get some photos on the way up there and make a bit of a trip out of it. And I thought I'd just post a post on my Facebook page and just see if anyone was interested in um, getting me out to a few sheds uh, that might be on the way. And it was just amazing the response I got. I had people um, inboxing me on Facebook and send me messages and commenting on my post and, you know, come out, we're shearing here at this time. And it was fantastic. Yeah, everyone's... Everyone loves um, having having me out there and um, couldn't be more helpful to have um, people like that 
um, trying to lend a hand to get me out to these sheds. It's fantastic to have people follow my page that are, um, that are like that. It's great. Yeah, so soon we'll have a lot of new different pictures of you. Uh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll get some amazing photos on the way up there. Oh, there's a few <laughs> sheds I've got in mind that I really want to see on the way up there, so hopefully I can um, get to them and stop all those on the way up there. So do you talk about different shearing sheds among each other, like which one is a good shearing shed, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. A lot of the... A lot, a lot of the uh, the more you travel around and you work with some of the older shearers that um, you know you spent their younger days working around the country when you had to, when you had to travel around to work, um, they've all you can uh, they, they've all worked in a lot of the bigger sheds that you'll find um, around Australia, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of those sheds um, are. are just cropping now or they've gone to cattle and they they're not around anymore or they're not on the same scale they once were for example i went out to um tog and main wool shed uh earlier this year that was once a 100 blades uh sorry a 110 stand shed for blade shearers and now it's just unfortunately falling to pieces on the side of the um, highway um but like the history in some of these sheds is unbelievable and when you get when you get to work with people that have worked at these sheds and um and they start to talk a bit about them um it's yeah it's it's really interesting i think um definitely um it's definitely makes for a good conversation listen to some of the stories that some of their shearers have worked at over their years in their in their wool sheds it's, mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting yeah okay well i can't wait for some of your new pictures to come then well james it was oh, really you. really great talking to you but before we close where can our listeners find out more about your work where should they go um you can jump on my facebook page or my instagram page which is both james brazil photography or you can uh look up my website which is nearly completed jamesbrazilphotography.com um yeah you should have no troubles finding me on those three platforms yeah Excellent. I'll make sure to also link to those in the show notes. Well, thank you once again, James. Um, all the best for your trip and also your career in the shearing industry. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with James Brazel And if you want to find out more about James and especially about his amazing photography, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 097. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 097. And in the show notes, you'll find the links to his website and to his Instagram and Facebook account and a little bit more details about James himself. Well, Thank you once again for listening. Talk to you again next week and bye for now.